Welcome to another episode of the show, another hybrid episode. Today we are going to do a show about tennis and basketball. Guys, yesterday started the last ATP event of the year, the ATP NATO Finals and the last event in London. Unfortunately, without fans, this, this is really sad. Every player said that the feeling is completely different. This, this is one of the biggest events in the tennis world. And also today... Is the, is the day where trades can start in the NBA. And we already got one. So it is not official yet, but look pretty much done. We'll get into it a little bit later. Probably you know what I'm talking about. But first, I'm so excited. I think the groups here... I, let's talk about tennis first. So I think the groups in the Nito ATP Finals are very good as always. For God's sake, the eighth best players... This year are here. So it's incredible. So I think I want. I want. I want to do an episode every day. I know there are only two matches each day. But I, I, I really want to do this. Because I want to try to analyze better those games. So the tournament starts with the rematch of last year finals. Which great. Great game again. Team versus Tsitsipas. They... Have met seven times before. Team leads four to three in the head-to-head -head matchups. And Team was going into this tournament a little bit of a question mark because he had an injury in Vienna. This is why he didn't play Paris. And yeah, it looked pretty serious, but he seemed fine. He moved really well. He was powerful as always. And I really enjoyed this match because the margin of error was so tight so so little so this match probably decide was decided on three or four points because they both play great they both served great i mean if you if you look if you look at the stats of the game you will see that first serve percentage of first serve going in team 75 percent steeper 72 percent so both served well the both did what had one break the first set and even a tie break and it was a really crucial point because it first of all the battle was interesting to see which move let's say will be better their forehand or their backhand because they both had a one they both have a one-handed backhand they both hit the ball really strong and it was it was so nice to see them duel from the baseline. Tsitsipas played some great at the net, hopefully uh, at the beginning of the game, the, of the match and the first start. And somehow, going into the tiebreak, you had the feeling that team is a little bit ahead, but just a little bit. But when the tiebreak started, I think Tsitsipas had 4-1 and then 5-3. And somehow the pressure... She, she, he started feeling the, feeling the pressure he, and he lost it. He couldn't handle it. Team came back to win the tiebreak. 7-5? And so he came back and he had 6-5 team. And Tsitsipas was serving and he served great. Team returned near the net. Tsitsipas got you, you had the impression that he got there 
a little bit maybe too fast. And he hit the ball kind of weird in the direction of Tim. And then Tim hit a lob that went over Tsitsipas, who eventually got to the ball. Did same uh, uh, did a backhand lob, but the ball was out. He put too much power in that backhand lob because Tim was advancing to the net. He saw that and he tried to lob him. And so there was a combination of weird moves, weird ideas that Tsitsipas had. So first of all, after the serve, the entire set, his first, his first serve plus the forehand or the next shot was so good and he got it wrong that time. And Tim won the set like that. This is why I said that the margin of error was so little. A stupid error like that, and boom, you lost the first set. Now, Tsitsipas came back in the second set. He was more motivated. Some of the pressure transferred to Tim. And uh, yeah, he played better, Tsitsipas, in the second set. And this is when he got his only break in the second set. He won 6-4. But remember that that set also was tight. 6-4, as I said, a little margin of error. Team that time got it wrong. But in the third set, at least at the beginning, Tsitsipas played kind of bad. I mean, Team got a 3-0. And you got the idea by his his body language that yeah the match is done. Tsitsipas made his serve then very easily to make it a three-one game. And then at four-one, Tim begin began to struggle and save the break point. Tsitsipas had the opportunity to recover that break. That was the one a long game at four-one for Tim, and he was serving. A three one, sorry. And he was serving. He made the he won. And yeah. Then the was not that close. Because Tim served he served so good. Those wide serves. Oh my god, they they were so good. And the third set, Tim hit sixteen winners. And it passed two after just six games. So Tim got more aggressive. He hit the ball, you had the, you could see the eyeball test, told you that he hit the ground strokes a little bit harder. And his strategy was better, I mean, he served very good, and if Tsitsipas somehow made the return, team won the point. Doesn't matter if it was on contre-pied or moving him left to right, left to right, but it was a, it was a great match. It was a fantastic performance by both of them. A very impressive victory from Tim. He looks healthy. He looks good. Tim said after the game that the conditions are fast. And yeah, they looked fast. And this is why this was a great matchup. And obviously, in this format, when there are four players in a group and they only play each other once, Every game feels like a final. This game, 
This is why I love this tournament because every game has the feelings of a final. And both players played good. Team a little bit better, but just a little bit. Mentally, I would say that he won it mentally because he was more prepared. Tsitsipa said after the game that for him, he feeds off that public energy and it's very odd for him not to have audience, not to have fans. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens next because Tsitsipas plays next Andrei Rublev, who is in great shape, great form this season, but he didn't play against the big players. I mean, he beat him once, I think, and I, have, and I think he had two other victories against top 10 players. But he never played Djokovic in his life. He played Nadal the second time yesterday and he played Federer once in his career. So, kind of weird if you think about it because all the other players that are here that are also young, Zverev, Medvedev, who is one year older than Rublev, Tsitsipas, they already played a bunch of times, these guys, the big three. So Rublev is kind of inexperienced in this way and I really hope that he's inexperienced and if he'll perform badly at this tournament will not somehow overshadow how great he was this season because yeah you can say he won five events this season and team only won one but he won a grand slam yeah Rublev's performance was spectacular he played much more than team we will see how we will see if also it, that also affected him because I think Rublev is the man who played most games this season on the ATP Tour. We had the second game of the day, Rafael Nadal versus Rublev. So Nadal struggled in Paris, as he almost always does. He lost in the semifinals against Alexander Zverev. And now he went against Rublev for the second time. The first time they met at the 2017 Australian uh, US Open, sorry, where Nadal destroyed him. He won only five games. So it was not really a competition there. Three years ago, Rublev was 19. Now he's 22. He won five events this season. He has 40 ATP wins, if I'm not mistaken. Or, 30, or 39. His first appearance here at the ATP NITO finals. And he started... So, I, I had the complaint I have against Rublev, I had it against Tim earlier in his career. He hit sometimes way too hard with no reason whatsoever. And this happened again today. And this is why he had a lot of unforced errors that were very close to the line. Some balls that went out, but they were very close. Plus Nadal was so much better than in Paris and his serve game was excellent. So, in the first set, it was 3-2, Rublev was serving, and Adal broke him. He had two break points, advantage, so the game got into the overtime, let's say. Then he had 4-2, he was serving Nadal, and it was deuce again, but Nadal some ended up winning. Then 5-3, 6-3. No debate. 
here. Nothing to say, really. Then in the second set, let us start with a break and never look back. Nadal's serve was brilliant. He served 72% of his first serves went in compared to Rublev 62 and at some point was 80 to 20% or something like that. Rublev have had zero breakpoints. Zero. Nadal broke him twice. Once in the first and second. Once in the first set. Second time in the second set. Nothing to say really. Rublev. So. The score doesn't tell you but. It was actually not that close. Really. So. Rublev lost it mentally. Nadal played better than in Paris. And you could see that Rublev was frustrated. His body language was matching the racket. He was throwing the racket in the air. In the third set, it was 2-1, I think, for Nadal. In the second set, sorry, it was 2-1 for Nadal or something like that. And Rublev hit three aces in a row. And his expression was like, Oh, great. So now my serves are finally getting in there. Nadal was pushing a lot, was playing a lot on his on Rublev's backhand. And Nadal played great. His strategy was good and it was working. I mean, he came up with a strategy and he said it clearly worked. To hit on Rublev's backhand and to hit long balls. In this way, it was harder for Rublev to hit hard as he always does. And when he did that, the ball went out or on, the, or on the net because it is very hard to control a ball like that and hit hard. So, he kind of, he, he didn't expect that. I'm sure he didn't expect that. He'll probably play, play better. His next game is against Tsitsipas. And I, I think he will play better. We need to see him in this event playing like he played prior to this event. And I think he will do. So, a little preview of today. We have Djokovic versus Varsman. Also first-timer here in Medvedev against Verev. A rematch of the final in Paris. And Djokovic and Schwarzman, uh, uh, I'm sorry, but I don't think Schwarzman has any chance. I think he will play good. He's probably motivated. He's a, for the first time here in his career. He had the greatest season of his career. He beat Nadal earlier this season. He played against Djokovic earlier this season. But then again, Djokovic is going for that sixth championship here to tie Federer's record after he ended up tying Sampras record for ending the year, the number one for the sixth time. Nothing more to say about this match so far. I, as I said, I will try to do an episode tomorrow to talk about what transpired into this game. And then we have Medvedev's Zverev, which I think is a much more exciting game. I think Medvedev has the edge because 
recently defeated Zverev in a Masters final. So he clearly he played better in Paris than he did this entire season because this season was disappointment, honestly, until Paris. So I'm excited to see this game. I think Medvedev is the favorite actually. And I'm expecting I'm expecting an a balanced game. So done so far with the tennis. Let's go and talk about basketball. Because as I said before, trade season begins today. And we already had the a trade? Can I say that? I mean Woj from ESPN as always said that the Lakers want to trade for Dennis Smith Jr. Oh my god, sorry. That the Lakers want to acquire Dennis Schroeder in a deal that would send to Oklahoma City Danny Green and the first round pick they have this season, which is the number 28th. If you are thinking from a Lakers point of view, I think this trade is a W because Dennis Schroeder was an excellent player. My pick for the sixth man of the year, actually. He played great with that three guards lineup in OKC with him, Chris Paul, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's a solid playmaker who is a shot creator. Also, this season he shot it 41% on catch and shoot threes. So he's a good three point shooter. Percentage wise, better than Danny Green was the last two seasons. He will be a great fit to Braun and Anthony Davis. And clearly a better player than Danny Green and about that pick. So the Lakers are now trying to rip it. They don't need a young player, a rookie. Especially if that rookie is high, is the 28th pick. I mean, you can find some gold in there, you can have some luck, but they don't need right now a rookie, man. And you saw that Miami had two rookies that played great this season in Kendrick Lyon and Tyler Hero. And Miami went to the finals. But the finals was won by the Lakers, man. So they don't need rookies. I think they should. There will be a great addition. The only thought, negative thought about this trade that I have in my mind is, did they do that because they, they know Rondo is not coming back? Because Rondo is a free agent. He had the player up since he already tell, told that he was going to explore the market. And the thing is, I think he wants to come back with the Lakers. But in the same time, a team might offer him a lot, of, a lot more money than the Lakers can. And in this case, he might go there. The teams that probably want Ronda are contenders. You hear rumors about the Los Angeles Clippers, the rival from the LA area, but in the same time he can make anything better. Maybe he wants to go to Brooklyn or to Milwaukee or to another contending team if they can offer him more money. So if somehow they can get Rondo and Schroeder, can you imagine that? I think it would be great. But, so, the trade can be completed actually today? And Walsh tweeted that rival teams in pursuit of the OKC guard have started moving on to new targets. So, this kind of seemed done, a done deal? We will see. 
if this official if the official trade will remain, Danny Green and the 28 pick. If you're okay, so you're getting an expiring in Danny Green because he has an expiring contract. And the 28th pick, you can build off that. You're rebuilding already. Maybe you can find some good player there and develop him these seasons that you are going to rebuild. The Oklahoma City Thunder have 16 picks from this year to 2026. 16 first round picks. This is insane. And I really don't expect them to draft any of those. Maybe they will try to find some excellent players and maybe trade two or three seasons from now for a player like, I don't know, a young player now. But they have a gazillions of first-round picks. And yeah, they give up Dennis Schroeder, but as I said, they get an expiry. I mean, you could say, you could argue that the Lakers won and finessed the OKC Thunder. But as I said in the same time, they don't need no more things. They don't need other things. I mean, first round pick and an expiring contract. What more can you wish as a rebuilding team? What more can you wish as a rebuilding team? So yeah, it was also a report that Anthony Davis will decline his player option, but you already knew that. He will, he will sign 99% will sign the lengthier contract with the Lakers. And then we hear reports that Harden may push to leave Houston as we all or as at least as I expected after that after that Westbrook reported he is basically out. So And then you hear, and I, I figured my, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. The general manager from the Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Morey, oh my God. The Daryl Morey will try to trade for Harden in Philadelphia. And you hear reports about that, but then why in the heck would the owner of Houston trade his franchise player after he after he lost the G general manager, which was great. So, I don't think Timon Fortida will give this gift to Daryl Morey. And there was a report yesterday that Harden may be open to a Nets trade. The idea of, I'm quoting, the idea of reuniting with KD is resonating with Rocket Star, but teams have not discussed the trade yet. So, I imagine if somehow this happens, yeah, this will be another super team. Kyrie, Harden, and KD, are you kidding me? I don't see any team beating them. But really, I don't. And not also in the East, but in the entire league, the entire galaxy. The bad thing about this trade, if you think that there will be a bad thing about this trade, it will be that in order to do that, Brooklyn will probably have to offer Lavert, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. They'll probably lose Joe Harris in free agency because they will not have the money to bring him back. So it will basically be a free player with DeAndre Jordan there probably so they will have four they'll have three superstars first of all and then they probably can have whatever they want I really don't want to see that I would rather see Harden in Philly 
to compete against the Brooklyn Nets. Because if Harden goes to Philadelphia, for me, it's clear that the battle for the East will be Brooklyn against Philly. But I really don't want to see him create that super team because I really think it has the potential to be a super team better than the Golden State Warriors. I mean, let's make a short comparison. KD was on both teams. Who would you rather have, Harden or Thompson? I think Harden. And if you want to argue that you would have Curry over... Kyrie, think that KD and Kyrie are best friends. Probably they are. They have a good feeling about James Harden, and Harden and KD were teammates. Not since they became elite superstars, but they were teammates when they were younger. They all three of them, except Kyrie, maybe can play off ball, but. Harden played with great point guards. He played with Westbrook. He played with Chris Paul. Why wouldn't he play with Kyrie? I mean, I don't see that a problem. Mike D'Antoni is the assistant coach there. Are you freaking kidding me? Steve Nash is the head coach. Oh my God, this team would be an offensive juggernaut. And the only argument I would make to favorize the Golden State Warriors super team is that K uh, Curry and Clay have a better, I don't know, chemistry on the court, end of the court maybe, than Kyrie and... Harden would have as the two guards of the team. But oh my god, can we imagine this frame? This trio. All three of them can score from basically everywhere on the court, man. The league can say goodbye. It'll be next season, next year, if this somehow ends happening. Although, with all that being said, we have the draft two days from today and five or six days from today the free agency will begin. So finally we will get more action. I'm excited. I want to do more episodes. I know this was a shorter one. Not much really to talk about. As to extend more this video. So I will wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. Stay healthy and peace out.